you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Pentecostals are pretty good at worshiping. Hear me for just a minute right now. You know, Pentecostals are pretty good at worshiping with music. But once that music quits, we quit worshiping. I wonder if you have that same kind of praise when there's no music, when you're all by yourself in the pit, when it seems like there's no way out. Do you still have a praise right now? Oh, that's real cute. But Mary's running the aisles, and she's on chemotherapy. What are you going to do? Someone ought to let a praise out right now that would shake the roof off of this room right now. I'm not moving on until we break through this. I'm not moving on until we break through this. Let's all right now respond to the Lord. Let's all respond right now. I want you to lift your hands and lift your voice and somebody praise the Lord with a shout. With a shout. Lift your voice like a trumpet right now. Some of you need a breakthrough in the spirit. Some of you need a breakthrough in a dance right now. Some of you need a breakthrough in a shout right now. Some of you need a breakthrough in your worship. You know, David's wife mocked him when he worshiped. Said, you look like a crazy man. What are you doing dancing like that? You know what David told her? He said, listen here, honey. You ain't seen nothing yet. I can get a little more undignified than this. I wonder if someone could get that down in your spirit. To all the naysayers who don't worship. To all the naysayers that say running and dancing is not necessary. I wonder if you would let them know right now. I can get a little more undignified than this. Be seated, be seated. Be seated. How many of you could leave this room right now and say that you've been to church? haven't tapped in to what is in this room, 
you have nobody to blame but yourself. I mean that in all the love I can mean it in. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place tonight. You know, I'm glad that I go to a red hot revival church. I'm glad I don't go to a church that's crossing my arms and and not worshiping the Lord. We serve an alive God. And we're a worshiping church. It's who we are and it's who that we're going to continue to be. Can I get a witness right now? I commend you. I, I commend you for your worship. I commend you. running the aisles and she's going through chemotherapy. I'm just going to go out on a limb. I grabbed her hand. I started running with her. I said, ain't no one on chemo going to outdo me. What's your excuse? Hello? When I grabbed her hand, I felt healing virtue flowing through my arm. I know that the Lord's doing a work in her body tonight because of her faith. Uh, That's real cute if you don't believe it, but I believe that virtue's flowing right now. I'm believing for a cancer-free diagnosis in the future. It's coming. It's coming. Sister Mary, it's coming. You keep on doing what you're doing. It's coming. The faith is going to make you whole. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. preach a little bit tonight. Is that okay? I'm going to, just so I know, the lifting of hand, how many of you are going to help me preach tonight? You're not going to leave me out here on my own, are you? All right. Good. I love y'all so much. It's such an honor every time I get to preach up front. We're going to a book that I rarely preach out of. We're going to go to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. I try to keep out of Revelation a little bit because uh, I try with all my might to know what it means and I still don't know what it means half the time. Amen. Some of you religious people think you know. You don't know. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. You don't know. Revelation chapter 3, 14 through 22. If you have it, say amen. Amen. I'm just going to read a small portion, and then we'll pick on the others tonight. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, everyone say that, Laodiceans. That's an important word that we need to know tonight. Right. These things saith the Amen. How many of you know Jesus Christ is the Amen? It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in Him. Amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor nor hot. I would thou work cold or hot. So then because... Thou art lukewarm. Everyone say lukewarm. And neither cold nor hot, I I will spew you out of my mouth. Because you sayest I am rich and increased with goods. And have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel thee to purchase from me. Cold tried in the fire, that thou mightest be rich and white raiment, that thou mightest be clothed thy nakedness and do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with the eye salve that thou mayest see. Interesting passage of scripture, huh? It doesn't sound like the Lord's playing many games here with this one. Um, Brother Nick, you can go ahead and 
I won't preach long. You guys worship me to death. I can't even breathe up here. <laughs> I'm fat. I want to preach to you on this topic, fighting against Laodicea. Fighting against Laodicea. Would you put your Bibles down? And would you lift your hands right now and would you open yourself up right now to the Lord? Ask that the Lord's word would come and would challenge us tonight. I want you to pray with me right now. Father, we need you tonight. God, I, I, the word that you have said in my spirit, I cannot accomplish on my own. God, I need you. I need your touch. I need your anointing. I pray that you would hide me out of, Lord, the sight of the enemy and the carnality. I pray in the name of the Lord that you would help us overcome in the spirit tonight. For we wrestle not against man or woman, but we wrestle against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. God, help us to give the devil a bad night tonight and let us have revival in this room. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you put your hands together one time? Would you just magnify the name of the Lord with me right now? We worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. first couple chapters of the book of Revelation, if you don't know, John wrote the book of Revelation. Um, John had a hard life. And Pastor Brandon, I remember you preached a message on this back in youth class. We won't say how many years ago that was. But that message changed my life. I've never looked at it the same way again. John, John wrote Revelation while he was on an island on his own. I want you to know tonight that loneliness will always occur because of prophetic anointing that you saw tonight. He was, he was in loneliness, he was in exile when when the Lord met him, began to show him a vision of the end times. I want you to know that we're living in the end times. No man knows the hour nor the day when the Lord is going to come, but this much I know, and it sounds a little obvious, but we need to get the revelation that we are closer to the coming of the Lord than we have ever been in the history of mankind. And the church needs to be ready for the rapture. Someone say amen to that. Amen. So, the beginning of Revelation, John is pinning the words to specific churches as the Lord is telling him what to write. I believe there are seven churches that John writes, and the one which I have read unto you here this evening is the last church that John writes to in Revelation. Now, if you ask a lot of people who are smarter than I am, they believe that the churches, the way that they're lined in Revelation is all about churches in certain eras of time. There is a church that was written that they believe was written to the church in the early church. And then there's a church that they believe was written to when the church was in the 1700s. It goes down a timeline. And a lot of people believe that this last church of Laodicea is the church that we are living in right now. So this is pretty important to us who are living in the last days. Someone say amen. It's really interesting. Laodicea is the only church that Jesus had nothing 
positive to say anything about it. It's really interesting because it's a lukewarm church and we have to be careful that we do not become consumed with the mentality of the Laodicean church. Amen. He says, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things saith the amen. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. You have to know that when certain things are named within the Bible, the name holds meaning. And the name Laodicea, shows us the first spirit that is working among the church. Now, I want you all to know tonight that even in John's day, there was the spirit of the Antichrist that was alive in the world. And it is alive in the world right now. We are watching this anti-Messiah movement, this anti-God, and we're watching it be prevalent in the world that we live in. And because we know that this was written to the end-time church, we know that the Laodicean church is fighting the spirit of the Antichrist in a way that no other church was fighting. Ladies and gentlemen, we the church are the only thing holding back the agenda of the devil. And that's why that it is important that the church remains who we are and remains true. And we don't change because of culture. We don't change because of the way that the world is moving. But we remain the church the same way that we were in the book of Acts. We're not changing anything that we preach. church is the only thing holding back the spirit of the antichrist from having its way in this world, then you better believe that the antichrist agenda is going to try to attack the church. We know nowhere in the Bible at the beginning when we learn about the antichrist and we learn about the spirit of the antichrist, nowhere in the Bible does it say that it will come as a non-religious motive. Nowhere. Actually, there will be many who come and say, I am Christ. The Bible tells us. So, the agenda of the end times, the agenda of the Antichrist is going to be to try to infiltrate the church. Am I helping you? agenda is going to be to try to infiltrate the church so that it can change the culture of the church. So what we're reading about is we're reading about a church that is being attacked with the agenda of the Antichrist. And we learn just off of the name Laodicea. That word in the Greek means the rights of the people. church of Laodicea was a church that was not able to be pastored. It got tightly squeezed up. The church of Laodicea was a church Because the angel of the church was going to bring warning to the church. It was a church that said, I know my rights and you're not going to make me do anything. You're not going to make me worship because it's my right. You're not going to make me pray because it's my right. You're not going to make me, make me get a hold of God because it's my right. So it's a church that is unsubmitted to the Lord. And it's unsubmitted unto the will of the Lord. You see, we learn. In the Bible, when we read about the mark of the beast, and we read that the mark.
America is going to be taken on the right hand and it was going to be on the head. And we learn because of the Old Testament when it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. How many of you know that there's only one God? Amen. And he goes down this list and he said, I want you to wrap it on your head. And the reason that they would wrap the word of God on their head is because they wanted the word of God close on their mind. Because they wanted to think godly. And we read that the mark of the beast is going to be taken where? On the head. Why? Because he's trying to change the way that the church thinks. Am I helping you right now? But it's not just the head, but rather then we read that the mark of the beast is going to be taken on the right hand. And Brother Chad, I found this interesting. They would wrap the word of God. If you went right now to Israel, they would be wearing the word on their left hand. Not on the right, but on their left hand. The reason that they'd wear it on their left hand, Brother Brandon, is because it signified that they were under submission to But the Antichrist wants you to to have the mark on your right hand because he wants you to believe that you hold your own power and you don't need anybody else. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to tell you what I believe tonight. Everyone in this room needs a man of God, and we need to be submitted to the will of God. So we read, we read about a church that is unsubmitted to the Lord. Outside the covering of the Lord, we open ourselves up to be deceived. Does that make sense? So that's where we know that this begins. But we know because everyone preaches this. When we're looking at a lukewarm church. Lukewarm. Not hot. Except Mikhail doesn't like lukewarm coffee. Because you see, God can do something with hot. And God can do something with cold. But what he can't do is he can't do anything with lukewarm. Lukewarm is the comfortability of the church that says, I'm fine where I'm at. I'm fine with the growth that we have had. I'm fine with my little worship. I'm fine with my program. And I'm fine going home and I don't want anything else. That's the Laodicean culture. And this is the culture that the spirit of the Antichrist wants to bring in the church. You know, I read this. It's interesting. We've heard it preached that God would rather you be hot my goodness, we had hot church tonight. Church was on fire tonight. Y'all didn't come to play games. Now you have to hear me preach. I don't know what they were thinking. But when we read that, we look at it wrong, I think. We say God either wants you to have hot church or ice cold church and nothing else. I was reading in the commentary today that on the edge of Leo
a big wooden thing, and water comes down, and it brings water to the ground. And so a lot of people believe that John is writing about this aqueduct. You see, because cold water is has some good use for it. On those real hot 90 to 100 degree days, there ain't nothing better than a nice cold glass of water. Can I get a hallelujah? It's good. But hot water also has good because when we wash our dishes, we wash it with hot water because it's cleansing and killing the germs. So what Jesus is really telling this church is not, I'd rather you be on fire for me or I'd rather you be ice cold and not even coming. That's not what it's actually telling us here. But because we know that cold water is useful and hot water is useful, what Jesus is trying to tell them is I'd rather you be useful than lukewarm and doing nothing for my kingdom. God wants a useful church. to be a people who doesn't know how to pray. 
I don't want to be a people who's lukewarm. I don't want to be someone who's under outside of the covering of the Lord. But rather, I want to be a part of the church. I want to be under submission. I want to have a prayer life. I don't want to be a lukewarm man who sits with my arms folded every week. I want to be somebody who's on fire for the Lord. Church is the only thing that's that pushes back the agenda of the Antichrist. And more and more, the closer that we get into the coming of the Lord, we see these small things that will that are creeping into the church. I remember red hot revival. I remember prayer rooms being crowded. I remember the voice of many elders that would be lifted. I remember red hot worship that would be going on, just like what we encountered in this room tonight. I remember that. That was nothing out of the ordinary. It was every week because we came in the room ready to receive. But what we are seeing is we're seeing a culture change in the church. And I want you to know tonight, it might look nice and cool, but it's not the culture of Christ. It's the culture of the world that's creeping into the church. It's a church that has no power because they have no prayer. It's a church that doesn't worship. It's a church that doesn't get involved. It's a Laodicean church. And we've got to be careful because I'm sure that the church of Laodicea really believed that they had it all together. God forbid think this church is perfect because look around you right now. There's no one in this room that's perfect. There's no one in this room that gets it right altogether. But I'll, here's what I do know. Every time I come into God's house, I want to give it everything that I have. I want to give it 100%. I'm going to worship when no one else is worshiping. I'm going to pray when no one else is praying. I'm going to fast when no one else is fasting. I'm going to be submitted when everyone is trying to pastor the pastor. I'm going to be un. Under the covering of the Lord. Under the covering of the Lord. So, this brings me to my point tonight. I know that that's a long sermon. Are you still with me? All right, good. I was worried. Hiding. You know, everyone puts all the work on everyone. saying what can I do to make it better but a lot of times because I really believe that everybody in this room wants to be a a part of a worshiping church so I, I don't really who knows maybe one or two of you don't but I believe that 90-90% of us want to be a part of a worshiping church but I'm going to tell you something that we will never reach there never become the worshiping church if we say, I don't have the energy like they do, so I'm going to let them do the worshiping. Because then nothing gets done, right? But rather, if there needs to be a change, if we want to have a worshiping culture, then there's a job with your name on it. That job is to worship. No matter how you feel, no matter how tired you are, no matter how bad of a week that you have, we got to do a job. What would happen if everybody began to hold their weight in the church and say, I'm not going to put the job on them. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to dance when no one dances. I'm going to run when no one's running.
same thing that I'm talking about, church. Here's a time, whether we realize it or we don't. Because now it's becoming more valuable than the cost of labor and training. Very valuable. And nobody wants to pay for it. Nobody and nobody ever In the culture today, it's driving, not just in this church, but in the church as a whole. Are you with me tonight? Ladies and gentlemen, this is not the only church that is in truth, but this is something everybody's fighting against. And let me just mention this. The Bible tells us we don't wrestle against man and woman, but we're wrestling against something that we can't see with the eye, but what we can see is we can see the culture that is wanting to creep in. So it's not about a man or a woman, but rather it's about a culture that the enemy is trying to get us to submit to. And it's something, if the church is not pushing back against the spirit, that it will creep into the church. If the church is not is not doing their part, and if the church is not up there, and if the church is not saying, not on my watch. Not, not on my watch is this going to be a lukewarm church. Not on my watch is this going to be a non-revivalist church. Not on my watch is this going is, is to be a non-praying church. Not on my watch is this going to be an unsubmitted church. Not on my watch. We've got to have watchmen on the wall that know what's coming in our direction so we can lift up a standard against the devil. called Red Hot Revival. 
red hot apostolic revival, red hot worship, red hot response to preaching, red hot prayer. I'm going to tell you what that we need to do. If we don't want to become the church of Laodicea, it's got to get in our minds tonight that we're going to do something about it. And we're not going to let a service go by that's just mundane and ordinary. But rather we're going to create a culture where red hot apostolic revival can happen. Worship is not necessary. I've been in the Holy Ghost right now, and I know a lot of you are thinking, my goodness, man, I'm so sorry. I've got to preach the Holy Ghost. But my Lord, we are fighting an agenda that says you're not really made to do anything I don't want you to do. I want you to know tonight that worship is vital. David said, oh, clap your hands, all ye people. And that's why we clap. And he also said, shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. That's why that we lift our voice. And it also says that we are to praise him with the timbre and the dance. And that's why that we dance. And that's why that we run. I want you to know tonight that if it's in the word of God, that's the kind of church that I want to be. I want to be a worshiping church. I want to know tonight, how many of you want to be that kind of church? How many of you want to be a worshiping I miss the aisle running. I miss the headbands going off. I miss the bobby pins on the floor. It's who that we are supposed to be. What does it take? What does it take to become red hot? I'm going to tell you what it takes. Fire. Everyone say that. Shut up in my bones. I want you to know tonight that if you have the Holy Ghost, within you is a flame of fire. And I want you to know that all it takes is a renewing of the Spirit for you to get that fire working all over again. That's why that Paul wrote, he said, stir up the that are never satisfied. Four things say not it is enough. The grave, the womb, 
you to know tonight that the way that Red Hot Revival works is just one or two people who will make up in their mind that I'm going to get caught on fire with the Holy Ghost and I'm going to burn when no one else is burning and everything that I touch is going to be, I wish I had a preaching church right now, everything that I touch, everywhere that I go, is going to be consumed with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Be seated for just a minute. I'm, is this okay tonight? I know I'm teaching. Another interesting thing about the fire. Start worshiping. Just, just start praying. I'm going to tell you something. We can afford to lose the fire that we have as the apostolic church. We can afford to lose the fire of the Holy Ghost. It's what we need. It's why we are who we are. It's what got us here, and it's what's going to take us the rest of the way. somebody's soul would catch on fire, catch on fire. I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire, burning with the Holy Ghost. You know what we need? We need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. And do you know what I believe tonight? I believe that we all got a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost tonight when that worship exploded. And when we begin to lift up incense to the Lord, I believe that a fire fell from heaven. And this is what I know, that where there is fire, anything can happen. Anything. There has to be an atmosphere that's created. Think we just want you to worship just because it makes us feel good. I want you to know I couldn't give a care who worships and who doesn't for my good. But I... I don't want to come in this place and not get a hold of his presence. I don't want to get I don't want to come in this place and not be rebaptized with a fresh touch, but it takes a environment for the Holy Ghost to fall. It takes an environment. It takes it takes it takes someone to create that atmosphere.
represents prayer. God never ignores a praying church. Never ignores a praying church. And we know that when we build that altar, when when there's an altar of consecration that's built, sooner or later, we know the Lord is going to respond to that altar. I know something's off here. You guys are ready. There is power in unity. And there's power in agreement. And there's power when everyone's doing the job. Because now look, hold on a second, look at me now. Look at me now. Now this is not just two small altars. But now it's one large altar. And then he gets involved and he says, I'm not going to watch my brothers do all the work and I'm not going to do it myself. And now it's a bigger altar. And now he gets the other one. And now he gets the other one. All it took was one guy. One guy who says, you know what? I want it that bad, so I'm going to build it. And the other said, I'm not going to watch you get all the fire. I'm not going to watch you get all the fun. And now we have one big altar. What would happen if everybody would build an altar? What would happen if everybody would pray? What would happen if everybody would consecrate? What kind of an altar would, would we be able to build? And what kind of a fire would be able to fall? Everybody stand with me tonight. We're coming to a close. I know this is nothing spectacular tonight. That's all right. I just want to obey the Lord. To fight against the spirit of Laodicea. We cannot lose the fire of the Holy Ghost. We cannot lose it. We cannot be complacent with where we are. We cannot become lackadaisical. We cannot become lazy. We cannot become lukewarm. The reason that this is so heavy on my heart tonight is because I don't want to see this church ever, ever fall prey into the spirit of Laodicea. I want to go to a church where where the addict can be set free. be a part of a church where it's not abnormal to see people filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. I want to I, I want to be a part of a church where it's normal to have apostolic demonstration of the Spirit. It's not going to change my mind on him. 
It's not going to change how involved that I am. But I don't want it to be abnormal for us to see the lame walk and the blind see and the dead raised and the lame getting out of wheelchairs. Because it's in the book of Acts. And if it's in the book of Acts, it's for the New Testament church. And we're a part of that church. I heard of a prophecy by a great man of God. The prophecy that he believed in God. He and some other preachers were sitting at a table one Sunday. And on the other end of the table was the devil and the Antichrist. And all of the tactics sitting across from him. And the preachers... They looked worried because there was no plan to wrestle against that spirit. And he said that, the, that Jesus walked in the room and, and, and he laid out a map on that table. And all of a sudden, all the preachers began to get the courage because now they had a battle plan of what they were going to do to overcome that spirit. But in his vision, he said, I was so perplexed as I looked at that table. And I saw empty chairs of where preachers were supposed to be. And every preacher represented a church. Because there were churches that were on the way to move more laymen's for this. We got to make sure that we're not becoming this. We got to make sure that we're not letting this creep into the church. Because those who endured to the end, the churches that refuse to back down, the churches that refuse to fall prey are going to be the churches that see the revival of the end times. And if that revival is going to fall anywhere, I don't want it to pass over me. I don't want it to pass over Christian Life Church. I want it to fall here in Frankfurt, if anywhere else. of some elders we're missing, we're missing the worship of some elders we're missing the prayerful voice of some elders some voices that used to be loud some voices some people who used to be prayerful some people used to be worshipers you better be careful if you notice that you backed off of your worship and your prayer you better be careful if you notice that something's going on that's not right because that spirit's going to creep into your life you're going to become prey to that spirit. I want you to know tonight that everybody in this room can be involved. Everybody in this room can catch on fire. doesn't matter how long that you've been living for God. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to have it all together. But all you have to do is have a willingness in your heart to say, Lord, I... I don't know what it means to catch on fire, but God set me on fire. Because if God will set you on fire, he's going to set your neighbor on fire. And he's going to set your neighbor on fire. And he's going to set your neighbor on fire. And he's going to set your neighbor on fire. All it takes is one match. One match. I'm not sure exactly how to end this message tonight. I've taught you the word of the Lord. 
here's all, all I know what to do. If you are in this room tonight and you want God to set you on fire in a new way, if you don't want to be a lackadaisical church, if you don't want to be a lukewarm apostolic, if you don't want to be sitting on a pew halfway backslid, if you want to get involved in the things of God, I want you to come to the altar right now. I want you to find a place to pray. I want you to worry about who's around you. I want you to pray that God would set you on fire tonight. I want you to pray that God would set you on fire. I want you to pray that God would set you on fire in your prayer life and set you on fire in your worship. Come on. The church has to fight against that spirit. The church cannot fall prey to that spirit. Come on, don't look around right now. I want you to close your eyes. If you can get down on your knees and pray at the altar, I want you to get down and pray right now. Come on, ask God to set you on fire right now. Ask God to set you on fire tonight. one match. It takes one match. It takes one person. Come on, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Come on, make it your prayer right now. Come on, it's time to pray in ways you've never prayed for you to worship in ways you've never worshiped. Someone needs to lift up a standard right now against the Spirit. Someone needs to lift up a standard and say, not on my watch. Not on my watch. That's it. Lift your voice right now. Set me on fire, God. Come on, that's it. We need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. Someone's catching on fire right now. Someone's catching on fire right now. 